Welcome to Bailey's Writing Tips Podcast Short Stories episode number 41, a series of six worders and short stories under 500 words, with one episode a month, usually being released on a Sunday evening UK time. Today, these have been the flash fiction that have appeared on my blog as Flash Fiction Fridays, and I'll give my email address out later should you like to submit your own. Today's stories are the 10th batch of six word stories, Empty by Paula Acton, one of my Story A Day May 2014 stories, A Different Kind of Sympathy, and the 11th batch of six word stories. So, firstly, the 10th batch of six word stories, copyright the respective authors. Number one, William Bortz, writer, barista, dreamer. Soak into me like the rain. Secondly, burrowed deeply lies my favourite haunt. Number three, I see veins from airplane windows. And three from Tony Tibbenham, writing because I must. Number one, write story, sell movie rights, retire. Number two, write story, self-publish, earn enough. And number three, love husband, lust elsewhere, pay lawyers. Then three by Maria, my dog is my muse. Number one, rapid breaths, slow down, tell me. Number two, sinking feeling, overwhelmed, am I alone? Number three, walkies, right now, get my leash. And two by Roger Hearn. South London's Raymond Chandler. Number one, ghosts like dreams vanish at dawn. Number two, church candle, curious moth, holy smoke. And three by Mark Kay, a writer, trying hard. Number one, question, did photocopiers make plagiarism worse? Number two, bramble bushes make very persuasive whips. And number three, highlighters don't make me any brighter. And three from Sal Batucci is an open book. Number one, other than cancer, I'm doing fine. Number two, my last lie, said the liar. And number three, Venice, land of bridges and sighs. Then one from Sarah Palmer, written at supermarket checkouts. I can still hear the screaming. And finally, three from yours truly, Morgan Bailey, Morgan with an E. Number one, flexible woman, gymnast and contentedly married. Number two, welcome back, have you been away? And number three, it really was all a dream. And now the first of the two under 500 stories for this podcast is empty. Copyright Paula Acton. She stood in the centre of the room, devoid of furniture. It seemed cavernous, a stark contrast against the constriction of her stomach as reality set in. The past few weeks had passed in a whirlwind. No, that wasn't right. It had been a tornado, destructive, terrifying. It had left her stranded in a desolate no-man's land. Three months before, she'd been blissfully unaware of what lay ahead, leafing through holiday brochures, debating the perfect location for the break they both needed. Their careers were taking off, long hours spent at the office, 
leading to quality time rather than quantity, or so she believed. When they'd met, he already owned the house, so it made sense she'd give up her rented flat and move in. She'd redecorated, showing off his antique furniture. She'd fresh air to the place. When it began to stagnate, she wondered. After a year, when he put a ring on her finger but refused to set a date? When he began taking business trips that her career prevented her from joining him on? Then the call. Five years destroyed in less than five minutes. He'd been too cowardly to even face her as he ripped her world to pieces. He'd met someone. He was in love, moving in, selling the house, furniture in storage. The fragments of the conversation punctured the disbelief she felt. He was sorry, of course, but she surely understood. They drifted apart, no point in dragging it out. Then the second bombshell. He wanted her out in a month. She'd snapped at that point, launching her own tirade of his failures. She would go once she could afford to. She needed time to gather money. He owed it to her, to give her time, unless he was prepared to pay compensation. That had silenced him, and then the phone had gone dead. She couldn't believe his naivety, that she'd go meekly, accepting his decision. She placed the envelope on the mantel, where they had once been immortalised, smiling at sunset on a far-flung beach. She took the knife from her bag and took off her jacket. She threw it where the chair had stood and watched as the jacket fell in a heap on the floor. She'd researched, prepared. After the first cut, she sat on the floor before making the second. As she made it, she fell back into a pose she'd calculated she would land in. As the blood flowed, she felt a strange peace and the cold. She'd read about that, but not expected it to be so tangible. Her last thought, as a smile formed on her lips, was that he would have to live with this and it would destroy him. It didn't take long before she was truly empty. The crimson life force spread around her, sinking into the floorboards she had so lovingly hand-sanded and varnished. The house gave a sigh. She was home, and it would never be completely empty again. And now one from me, quite short, a different kind of sympathy. I knew it was wrong when I was putting it in my bag, but I had no choice. Then, as I walked out the store, willing the detectives to go off, they didn't, I felt a hand on my shoulder. It had happened twice before, so I was expecting the words, Please come back inside, miss. I took a deep breath and turned round to the man. They always look sympathetic, but you know when they've got you in that little room that any sympathy they did have stays outside the door. But this man's different. No uniform. A different kind of sympathy. Genuine. I looked down at his outstretched hand. A twenty-pound note. Miss, you dropped this. I shake my head. Can't remember I, the last time I owned a note that big. And I certainly don't have them long enough to let them go that frivolously. The man nods and pushes the note towards me. I take it and mumble a thank you before he changes his mind, before he realises it wasn't mine, 
I tuck it in a zip pocket of my bag and glance at the stolen tin of Irish stew that was to keep me going for who knows how long. And then the 11th batch of six word stories. Copyright the respective authors and I'm reading out their six word biographies. So firstly, we have William Bortz, a freshnewview.blogspot.com, writer, barista, dreamer. Number one, these shoes are stained with travel. Number two, old letters, outdated postage, same desires. Number three, Father's Day, no gift to give. And then two by Tony Tibbenham, writing because I must. Happy family, infidelity, end of trust. Go fishing, lose footing, get wet. And three by Maria, my dog is my muse. Heart pounds, cheek flush, calm down. Number two, I'm mad, so wrong, you know. And number three, brush me, soulful eyes, belly please. And three by Mark K, a writer, trying hard. Number one, electric chair. A shocking bit of kit. And number two, Dutch footwear factory gets clogged up. And number three, that a jacuzzi? No, I'm farting. And three by Sal Batucci. Sal Batucci is an open book. Number one, she's ten degrees shy of hot-tempered. Number two, diabetics are sweet enough without sugar. And number three, only fountains of youth stay young. And three by Vicky. Vicky, always interested, retrospective, searching, writing. Number one, sunroom, springtime all year. Number two, hummingbirds, nectar for these tiny gods. And number three, paint my soul with dewdrop flowers. And three by Dan Collins. Sci-fi lover, family man. Number one, prize fighter, throne match, debts paid. Number two, bank heist, innocent bystander, murder charges. And number three, computer genius billionaire, scammed, poor house. And three by John Geingel, ginger-faced word herder. And number one, man bites dog likes the taste. Number two, heart mended, I will kill again. Number three, child, free to a cheap home. And then three from yours truly, Morgan Bailey, Morgan with an E. Number one, rubbing hands, garden, glee, gone forever. Number two, her pleading eyes say so much. Number three, Dirty glasses, dirty soul, big smile. And now a little about the authors of the two longer flash fiction pieces. Paula Acton currently resides in Huddersfield, West Yorkshire, with her son and a menagerie of demanding pets while awaiting her daughter's university results. After a lifetime of procrastination, she finally decided to listen to the voices in her head and start writing at the age of 40, her first book, a collection of ghost stories entitled Voices Across the Void, 
will be self-published this summer. You can find Paula at paulaacton.com, facebook.com forward slash paula.acton.author and paula underscore acton at twitter.com. Based in Northamptonshire, England, Morgan Bailey, Morgan with an E, yes, that's me, is a prolific blogger, podcaster, editor, critiquer, chair of a writing group, head judge for the Northampton Literature Group Flash Fiction Competition, and a tutor for Northamptonshire County Council. She is also a freelance author of numerous dark and light short stories, novels, articles, and very occasional dabbler of poetry. That's it for this episode. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed it and I look forward to bringing you the next episode in a couple of weeks' time. All the links mentioned in these shows are listed on the podcast short stories page of my blog, which is morganbailey.wordpress.com and the spelling of my name, if you missed it earlier, is Morgan with an E, so it's M-O-R-G-E-N, bailey.wordpress.com. My email address is morgan at morganbailey.com this podcast is available via iTunes, Google's FeedBurner, Podbean when it catches up, Podcasters, which takes even longer, or Podcast Alley, which doesn't list the episodes but will let you subscribe.